As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of The Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up? Can you see my showing off, showing off your pickle hat this morning? Yeah, supporting my Portland pickles today. Nice, nice. The uh, Thunder play in Phoenix tonight. Woo! Alex. Chris Paul re- reunion game. Every little, little and Nader. Game. Yes, Nader, who has been playing for the Suns. Who's been some? Who's been forced into some, taking clutch free throws for the Suns? Oh, I, I honestly. I I rarely feel bad for NBA players when they miss shots like that. I genuinely <laughs> felt bad for him. Yeah, he really shouldn't be in that situation. <laughs> he shouldn't have to do that. And I we he was on down to dunk last season and I was just asking him like what's it like to be an NBA role player? And he just talked about how difficult it is because if you miss like one or two of your shots, like everybody thinks you suck. Right. He's yeah. like and <laughs> I thought of that whenever he mentioned that. I was like, oh, no. No, Dooley, no. Um, I felt bad for him. But Thunder play them tonight. I don't know if, if Devin Booker's going to play. Do we know the status of Devin Booker? Uh, I no, he I, have hurt. Not, I have not heard. Yeah, but do you, take a, who do you think uh, of those two, or even maybe it's Shea, who, who's going to have their revenge game? Not really revenge. It's more fun revenge. Yeah. There's no hard feelings, but. I think Shea would like to show Chris what he can do on his own. I think there's an element of that going on with this between those two. Uh, and Shea, I mean, Shea, frankly, like was he was incredible <laughs> in Portland the other night, and I think that um, he showed a lot in that game. I was, I was blown away <laughs> by what Shea did against Dame and against that team. And obviously, it's a depleted Portland team. There's not a ton to take away from that game just because there was way too much mellow and way too much Ennis Cantor in 2021 for an NBA team. But I, I thought the Thunder, you know, they showed some fight, and I thought Shea was incredible. Yeah, that game was likely going to be a great offensive game regardless. Um, but then, because they were a bad defense with Nurk, with Rocco, with Derek Jones Jr., mm-hmm. then they lose all three of those guys. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. leaving the second half and so yep. what was left like 
that's probably the worst defense in the league, maybe the worst defense they'll see all season. And then you combine that with just kind of the randomness of three-point shooting, and it just so Mm -hmm. happens to line up perfectly with one of their best three-point shooting games of the season. I mean, it was a really fun game for that reason because the offense just exploded. Yeah. Which (laughs) Which was nice after the Clippers game. Yeah, it really was. It was really nice to see because, I mean, just watching Muscala miss these like perfect setup threes right, at the end yeah. of the Clippers game was not wonderful. Um, let's see. Devin Booker is listed as out tonight. Uh, Dario okay. Sharch is listed as out tonight. Damian Jones is listed as out tonight. Is another win coming our way, Andrew? It's very possible. It's very, very possible. Um, man, I... I hope not. <laughs> Frankly, I hope not. But it's definitely possible. March towards the uh, playoffs. Getting closer to 500. Fighting back. I would like to see, and I don't know, I mean, this has been kind of the knock on DeAndre Ayton. His, his his whole like professional career is that he just he doesn't have that killer instinct. He has an opportunity tonight to just destroy the Thunder front line. And he could go for 30 and 12. And he should. Like, he frankly should do that against Isaiah Roby. But you know what? That, um, that's the way I felt about Cantor. And I, I, yeah. I was talking to my friend who's a Blazers fan, fan about it. And he was like, you know what? As bad as your guys' defense <laughs> has been, you actually did a pretty good job of just preventing Cantor from getting the ball. Like, yeah. denying him possession. For him to only end up with 10 shots was incredible because he was like the fourth highest shot getter on the on the Blazers that game. And so we'll see what they can do with Aiton. I mean, Aiton's obviously better than Cantor probably. And uh, so I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. But Yeah, I don't know either. I think it's – I would guess that he's not going to do that just because it's not typically a DeAndre Aiton feature. Um but it's something that we'll see, uh, especially with Booker out and with Sharch out. So they'll need a lot of Chris Paul. They're going to need a lot of Mikael Bridges. They're going to need uh, a lot from guys like Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder. Uh, they still have guys on their team that can play, and including DeAndre Ayton. But again, another another easier game for the Thunder. And the, and the Thunder are missing Al Horford, so you have to take that into consideration but is george hill still out i don't know i don't know if he is i would not be surprised if he didn't play tonight but i don't know that for sure i guess we'll find that out later on uh the thunder sit at uh 28th in net rating still at a negative 6.9 defensive rating is 24th in the nba at a 111.6 they're tied with the new orleans pelicans in defensive rating, which is not something I thought I would be saying at this point in time regarding the Pelicans. Because uh, they didn't, didn't they trade for Steven Adams and make all these moves, and they I, they have the makeup of what should be a good defensive team, but they're uh, they're very bad. Very, very bad. Yeah, now, now you get the Alonzo rumors and the J.J. Redick rumors. Right. Uh, then they're 28th in offense, 104.7 went up after that last game uh you trading for Lonzo you want to trade for Lonzo not not particularly um 
because I, I do feel he, he is going to benefit from the fact that it seems obvious at this point that his team doesn't want him going mm-hmm. forward. So mm-hmm. he is going to be one of the guys that will be gettable next summer when a lot of these teams who missed out on whoever, Giannis, Paul George, whatever, they're not going to have as many options. He will be one of those options. So I anticipate yep. that he's still going to get like a big deal, even if he has a bad, a bad year. Yeah. That's true. He was very I mean, fortunate Thunder... to be drafted by the Lakers, which is going to boost his value for his entire career. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, they, the Thunder could just make an offer and restricted free agency if they want him. Right, yeah. Like, if they want him that bad. Because if you're trading anything for him, it's like, okay, now are you willing to give him, like, match an offer for, like, 480 Right. Because if you're not, right. then don't trade for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's where teams like Detroit and OKC, if if they wanted to just have him on the team, then you could just wait. There's no need to give up anything for him. Uh, going to the stream, we've got Hoopstock69 in the stream as usual. We've got Bradley Watkins from Minko, Oklahoma. We've got Jack from Omaha. We've got um, our guy... Enter, I'm sorry, Anir Oda from India. Shout out. So sorry for mispronouncing it. We've got Miroslav from Germany in the house. We've got a name that I can't read because there's so many capitalized and lowercase letters in it from Denver. Wow. We've got, we've got people telling me my light is too bright. I'm going to work on that in a second. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having my back. Tim from Savannah, Georgia. Shout out. Jake from Singapore. Chris from Arkansas. Phil from France. Jonathan from Sweden. Hoopstock69 says South Dakota stand up. <laughs> and uh, Mahdi from Bangladesh. Wow, that just blows my mind. Absolutely blows my mind. Uh, okay, so the reason that we're having this pod today is because I thought it would be a good idea to take a look back at all of the trades that the Thunder have made in order to get to the position that they're in today, which is like all the tanking trade moves that they've made. Starting... We'll start with the most recent trades and we'll work our way back, but we will include the Paul George trade as like the, that was like the catalyst to all this happening. So, um, Alex, while I mess with my light, do you want to explain our rating scale? Uh, yeah. So we'll have a, uh, have a A to F rating scale, A, B, C, D, F, um, where each of those letters will be corresponding to a Nickelodeon game show. Now, me and Andrew texted last night deciding which uh, Nickelodeon game shows we liked, which ones we didn't. Um, I'll let you know right now there's not going to be a lot of Fs given out today, so we might as well talk about this show right now. We'll start there. For our worst Nickelodeon game show, we both decided that Figure It Out needed to be in the final spot. Figure It Out, not a very good show. It was the one Mm -hmm. where... They would bring on quote-unquote celebrities, which were really just Nickelodeon actors from other shows, and they would come on and make their little quips while they were guessing something that a kid did, and then they would slime them, gack them, whatever. And it, it was just basically the same show over and over again. And if you didn't enjoy those celebrities, there was really nothing there. It, it, had, it had Summer Sanders and... It was always on like right when I got home from school. So I did watch more figure it out than I probably should have. Um, so that's our F. If oh, By the way, yeah. people are going to disagree with a lot of these coming up. So 
<laughs> we had to pick. Honestly, it was hard yeah. to find bad Nickelodeon game shows. I mean, even they did a, they did a great job. Well, Shout out to Nickelodeon. Like, un, unlike the fast food scale, there are some places I will not eat, but I will watch an episode of Figure It Out if it's just on my television. Uh-huh. Okay, number our D rate ranking is a show I've never seen. So Andrew's gonna have to explain this one. It's called Wild and Crazy Kids. Yeah, uh, Wild and Crazy Kids was. It was a game show, but it was like off. It it kind of looked like summer camp, like just as a TV show where you have these, um, where you just have like these big groups of kids that are playing these games out in like a field or something. Oh, weird! And they're competing against each other in different competitions. Uh, I don't know. No. It felt it felt more like uh, it, it just felt like summer camp being being on television a little bit uh, yeah i don't like that it doesn't sound great so that's a d rating now this is where it's going to get controversial our c rating which you know an a to f scale would be like average we put legends of the hidden temple now yeah. legends of the hidden temple is probably of all of these the one that has like endured the longest i mean i feel like i still see people talking about legends of the hidden temple it is a good show it's a great show and I think what puts it below our top two is that our top two just had more variability. You know, with Legends of the Hidden Temple, you're basically holding on to watch to see who gets the crag, you know? Who, who's yeah. going to get the aggro crag? Who's going to get up that mountain? But outside of the aggro crag, I think the other two shows that are coming up best it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one time I was on my couch watching Legend of the Hidden Temple and I threw up. And I oh, wow. was convinced that a part of me throwing up was watching Legends of the Hidden Temple. And so that's part of why I knocked it down a few a few rungs. Because Interesting. I was Interesting. convinced that, that Omek and the, te- and the Temple Guards had something to do with me throwing up. And so I, I could never watch it in the same way after that. Yeah, that's some personal trauma that you're not going to be able to get over easily. Um, So that's our C rating. Our B rating, now I originally wanted to flip these two, but then I actually went online and watched an episode of Double Dare, a classic episode of Double Dare, and the Mm -hmm. opening sequence was they had the two teams line up uh, about like 15 or 20 feet apart from each other. Mm -hmm. One member of the team just started chunking eggs at the other member, the other member was blindfolded and holding two drum cymbals in their hand, and they were supposed to catch an egg in between drum cymbals, which is impossible to do, and it was very funny to watch because they were just... You can't see them coming. There's a crowd noises. So, again, you're not going to hear an egg coming anyways. What was even more funny is that, like, one team had much bigger cymbals than the other team did. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. So I was the just like, was in. like, how did you... And there, and obviously the one with the bigger symbols won the contest because you have more surface area to catch the egg. It was so stupid, just- and that was an, <laughs> that was enough for me to say, okay, that deserves to be and be. And Double Dare, again, what separates it from Legend of the Hidden Temple to me is that you never knew what you were going to see on an average episode. I'm sure they repeated games, but they would always throw in, they'd sprinkle in some new ones, you know, to keep it fresh. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then our top rating. See what people think about this. Our A rating, which there's going to be a lot of this today, is guts. Do you have it? Guts. guts. Now, guts, I think, gets the top spot because of all of these, it's the one that I would have most wanted to do as a kid. 
because yeah. they basically set up all of these kind of like discovery zone esque like uh, uh like activities that you can do and they're all ridiculous mm-hmm. and they all look very mm-hmm. fun you know you, when, you, when you go yeah. to discovery zone you get to do things you never get to do like riding on a zip line into into some you know a uh, thing of balls or whatever so with guts got they a would get slide with all these little rollers yes my favorite one was they would have people like really high up and they would have them attached to like bungee cords and you would jump off and you'd have to grab a basketball if you could and then bring it back with you which always yes, seemed very fun. i remember that yeah, again remember a that. lot of different activities so the show stayed really fresh mike o'malley i remember he was the host oh yeah it was just a great show so that's our top rating so as we go well, through and and also of all of the the things that you could win like getting a piece of the awesome rock and having that displayed in your home mm. of the aggro crag it's better than anything you could get on any other show it's true like if i i would like to have that today displayed prominently in my office probably the right probably here. the best investment of all of these without a doubt because if you can I get bet, that crag i mean how much are people paying for a piece of the awesome rock today you know what i usually go on every couple of years i look on ebay because people sell the crag and uh <laughs> and as we keep talking i'll look it up and see if any or any pieces of the rock are going for anything right now okay that's good to know uh, so our first, the first trade that we're going to discuss was the last trade that was done by the Thunder, and it was the Terrence Ferguson for Terrence Ferguson, Danny Green, Vincent Poirier for Al Horford trade. Uh, this one is is pretty interesting because it has a lot of moving parts. Because like Danny Green, it's it's so weird to think about Danny Green as a part of the Thunder organization, but he was for a very short time and flipped to Philly and that's where they get Tao Maladon from uh, which feels like a great deal I mean you're you're taking on Al Horford's deal which does not look any better than it did last season right now to be honest because he hadn't played that well in the regular season and he hasn't played a ton so I'm not sure that he's increased the trade value like we would have hoped at this point but they got Mitchich, they got Maladon they have a uh Top six protected, 2025 pick. And then it's top four protected, top four protected in 26, 27. And then we'll turn into two seconds um, in 27 if it doesn't convey by then. I would assume that it will convey in probably 25. Uh, So it's just another first round pick to just put on top of all the other ones they've got. So nothing, nothing like blue chip out of this, but... You could have your backup point guard of the future in Maladon. And, you know, that's, you know, that's fine. Hey, let me ask you something. When you are grading these trades, are you just kind of grading them in a vacuum? Or are you comparing them to other Thunder trades? Because I, I will admit that, like, comparing anything to the Paul George trade is really hard to do. Like, if that's really guts, it's hard to yeah. argue that any of these reach that level. But on their own, they can still be good trades. Mm-hmm. I I would say that you have to grade them in a vacuum, that you can't grade them. Because the way that you'd have to grade it against that is, one, do the Thunder have the leverage 
that they had gained in the Paul George trade. Well, I think for all the other trades, you'd say no. Like they didn't have the same leverage that you know, the Clippers had to make the deal. If they wanted to get Kawhi, they had to go get Paul George. And so there's just not the same kind of leverage there. So I think you just grade them in a vacuum. So for this trade, I kind of, I give it a, uh, this is, this is a, a legends of the hidden temple. This hmm. is like a, it's like a C, right? So, I actually went I went double dare on this. Okay. Because the pick they got is a real pick. It's it is. it's a pick that could potentially be traded down the road because it does hold it does hold some value, um, only being top six protected and then going out for an additional two years, top four, top four. Mm-hmm. And you weren't going to get that pick for Danny Green alone, that good of a pick. Like maybe you could get a lottery protected first for Danny Green. If you're yeah. if you're lucky, so they get a pretty good pick back, not a best of our picks, but a pretty good pick. And in addition to that, knowing what we know now about where Maladon was ranked by a lot of like draft scouts, mm-hmm. like maybe if they end up with some random guy, I think that was pick thirty four or whatever, I feel differently. Yeah. But to get someone like Maladon, who a lot of people like, I was looking at the Stepian, they had him in their tier two. Of, yeah. of players like he was within their top 10 to get someone like that plus that pick I, th- I I bumped it up a little bit higher than just average yeah I <clears throat> I get that and, and it, maybe you convince me yeah it's probably double there my only reservation is that you listen to or read any Sixer stuff on it and they're like oh my gosh that's all it took to get rid of Al Horford and we get a player that's going to play in our rotation back like that's like everybody on the Sixers side was floored that that's all it costs true yeah so that would that was my reservation is that everybody on the Sixers side thought the Thunder could have extracted more value did we out of a trade did we like and that. we mentioned Micic yeah oh, we, okay. I mentioned him okay I uh you know who I don't, knows I don't have any opinion on it don't have any opinion let's move on yeah, let's hurry. Let's get, let's get away from that. Oh, by very, the way, there are apparently 126 pieces of the aggro crag in the world. See, and That's very rare. One of them, the most recent one I can find, went for um, $1,500. This is back See? in 2012. So if you factor in inflation, oh wow, you're getting two grand out of that piece of the awesome rock. Yeah. Still, that's not enough for me to get rid of it, but I would, you know. Makes you feel a little bit better about having it around. Oh, of course. Uh, okay. Next trade. The Thunder received Trevor Ariza, Justin Jackson, a 2023 Dallas second-round pick, and a 2026 Dallas second-round pick. Uh, James Johnson goes to the Mavs, and DeLon Wright goes to Detroit. What would you grade this? I gave this a double dare. And the reason was, you know, James Johnson was just salary filler in mm-hmm. a, a deal we're going to get to. They didn't really have any reason to hold on to him. He was going to be an expiring contract. So to be able to flip him into two seconds, which, like, why would James Johnson be worth one second? You know? like <laughs> That's that's something that goes underrated in all of this is the amount of second-round picks. And as I'm typing all this out into this doc, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, people don't even realize. Like, everyone wants to talk about the first-round picks. But... This, the amount of second round picks that Sam acquired during this phase is kind of staggering. 
it's it, kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. And like, what really is the difference from OKC's perspective between James Johnson and Trevor Reza? Like, if James Johnson had stayed here, they might have had the exact same situation. Like, James Johnson might be home right now, chilling, and we'd never hear about him. So right. to flip that type of an asset into two seconds, and Justin Jackson, whatever, but two seconds, and one of those seconds being one that you can have the best of two teams, you know, Dallas or Miami, you know, listen, It maybe it's likely that both of those end up in like the 50s or whatever, but I just still right. think it was really incredible value for a guy that you had no intention of keeping around, did not really care at all, and isn't and shouldn't be worth anything. No. And who knows where, I mean, the, the 2023 pick is between Dallas and Miami. Likely, these aren't great second rounders, but you just never know. You just never know. Like, maybe Luca gets hurt for one of these seasons, and it's like a, the 38th pick in the draft. Yeah. And, like, that's a valuable pick. Or maybe it's just a pick in the 50s, and it's just not anything. But it could just be something where the Thunder are in 2023 or 2026 trying to acquire a player – and it's like, hey, we can throw you an additional second round pick uh, in order to sweeten the deal. So it's just it's just one more way the Thunder can use to to get better. Um, so yeah, I think I think a double there, just because there there was no expectation. I, I would guarantee you, many NBA analysts sat up, sat back and said, oh, the Thunder can just buy out James Johnson, and yeah. he can go out into the market. Well, no, they got two second rounders and the opportunity to try Justin Jackson and discover very quickly, oh, this guy's not any good. So uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be back with a very intriguing Thunder trade. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com dunk. That's linkedin.com dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back. And that intriguing thunder trade. 
is TJ Leaf. Remember TJ Leaf? Oh, yes. There were some regretful <laughs> tweets about TJ Leaf. <laughs> DJ Leaf to the Thunder and a 2027 second round pick from Indiana for Jalen LeCue. My question is just like, why Indiana? Yeah. Th- so this one from OKC's perspective was I gave this one my first Legends of the Hidden Temple. Um, barely worth talking about. Yeah. You do get a second. It is years away. Years. 2027. A second that is seven years away. How can I have an opinion? Get excited about that. But again, it's one of these things where you're flipping an asset that apparently they didn't have any interest in. I do think you knock them a little bit for having to take back TJ Leaf and paying them, and then not even paying and not even playing them. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's like it's a legends for me. You got a second. Yeah, I I considered double there for this one only for for this reason. One, you got an asset back, and two, you had the bravery to just say no thanks, TJ Leaf. And so I like it. I like. I like the move. I look at it and think, oh, this is great. They're not pretending that TJ Leaf is something and they get an additional asset. That's wonderful. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's Legend of the Hidden Temple. You know, you're getting grabbed by the Temple Guards pretty early on on this one. That would scare me, by the way. Like, that was another reason why I would knock Legends down a little bit. I'd be just petrified of, as a kid. What? Of getting caught by the temple guards. Oh, yeah, because they never saw those kids again. <laughs> a lot of lawsuits came out of the Legends of the Hidden Temple. I would, it looked horrifying. I just, I want, I, I wanted no part of that. It scared me enough in my own living room. Uh, okay, the next one the Atlanta Hawks get Danilo Gallinari in cash and the Thunder get a 2025 second round pick mm. and a trade exception. This is my first wild and crazy kids. And listen, this is not OKC's fault. But going yeah. into that um, free agency period, one, we were told Danilo Gallinari doesn't care about money. He wants to play on a winner. So we were, yeah. we were looking at him like, okay, well, if he wants to play on a winner, no winners have any money. So we're going to be able to get a sweet sign and trade here. I know, and I know. and we were looking at the teams that had money, and it was like uh, Charlotte, the Knicks, Atlanta. He doesn't want to play for any of these losers. So we were like, oh, this is going to be smooth sailing to a first round pick. And so it's not their fault that it ended up this way because Gallinari just decided he wanted to play for Atlanta for a ton of money, which is a completely normal uh, decision to make. But to go from those dreams to a twenty twenty five Atlanta second. That that was a wild and crazy kids drop for me. Yeah, I tend to agree that this is, yeah, not what not probably not even what the Thunder had hoped or expected. Uh, but you know, I agree. Wild and crazy kids on that one. Uh, the next trade: George Hill, Darius Miller, Kenrich Williams. I just there's a lot of other players in this trade too. Oh, you put them in. Uh, Josh Gray, <laughs> Darius. Dar- Josh Gray and Zalon Cheatham are also in this trade. Darius Miller twice in this trade. Wow. Uh, and they get a 2023 Washington second round pick. Ooh. A 2024 Charlotte second round pick. Ooh. A 2023 Denver first round pick that's uh, lottery protected. And if it doesn't convey, uh, it'll turn into a 2025 and 2026 second round picks. All for Steven Adams. This is my first, like, 
emphatic guts. This is <laughs> do, 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 do you have it? guts. Uh, this trade is really incredible. To get yeah. two seconds and that Denver first, which will likely convey as a first because it is lottery protected for three years. 23, 24, 25. We're probably going to be getting a first out of that. So you're getting a... It'll, be, it'll convey in 23. Yeah. I mean, Jokic is, it will be there. They will they will not be in the lottery. So we're getting a late first and two seconds from two traditionally bad teams, plus mm-hmm. George Hill, who even if we don't end up trading him, I think we would all agree he's been a wonderful addition to the team. Yeah. Seems like a great guy. Everything he says in the, in the press conferences, talking about the young guys, seems like he has a really mm-hmm. good attitude. Like a really good uh, mentor for these guys. So great. I love having him in here. And then Kenny Hustle. We enjoy him. I might have done it straight up for Kenny Hustle. So this is like an amazing trade. Like what did we take back that would hurt us in any way? We only got good things. I mean, I guess there were those guys that we had to cut. But even for them, we gave them money that they wouldn't have otherwise had. Those guys are out of feeding their families. We got to feed. We got to feed families, Alex. That's what we did. Incredible trade all around, and I am as as everyone knows who's been following me on Twitter. I'm fascinated by the Pelicans. I I have no idea what they're doing because now, (laughs) the idea that they're open to trading Lonzo Ball and JJ Redick, well, that suggests that they're shifting into more of a rebuild thing. Like their Mm -hmm. moves this off season did not suggest rebuild to me. Bringing in Stan Van Gundy is not a rebuild move. Bringing in pay, paying a ton and extending Stephen Adams is not a rebuild move. Like no. they are not. I mean, they are super flexible because of all the picks they have, but they still have a lot of contracts on their books between Adams and Bledsoe, where those are going to be hard to move going forward. Mm-hmm. Now they have the picks well, where they can do whatever they want, but they've got picks, but it's unlikely that any of those picks are going to be very good. True, because, yeah, the, I mean, their best hope, I guess, is that, like, Milwaukee flames out and Giannis demands a trade at some point. Like, that's their best hope at this point. That's their best hope, yeah. Because the Lakers I mean, picks, the, I mean, AD is going to be there for a while, even if LeBron sometime in the near future fades away. <laughs> well, and if LeBron retires, like, somebody's going to sign up to play next to AD. You, you would think. So, yeah, I, I mean, comparing... If you'd rather have Lakers picks or Clippers picks, I probably yeah. would take the Clippers picks. It, it's yeah, they close. just don't have the track record of the Lakers, right? Too, and they haven't won. Like, if the Clippers don't win a title in the next two years, what does that team look like after? And I definitely rather have the Houston picks than the Milwaukee oh, picks. Oh gosh, yeah, without a doubt. And yeah, it's you'd rather just them have a. And they don't have a clear direction either. It, it feels very much like the like original New Orleans team with Anthony Davis, where it's like, okay, we're just going to try stuff. We're going to bring in these guys, and oh no, like we're not very good. Um, now they do have more assets than that that team did for sure, which is definitely helpful for the future of the team. But um, they're just a little bit directionless, kind of how they were. So yeah, I think this is guts as well. I love Steven. I think Steven's a very good player. I've talked about this all season. I just think it's a really bad fit for the Pelicans and for Steven. Uh, and I'm glad that he got paid. I'm glad that he got the money he did. I just wish he was in a better situation where he could shine a little bit. Um, 
just because next to Zion just doesn't make a ton of sense uh, as like a long-term piece for him. So uh, the next one, this one's this is a little touchy, Al. Hmm. This is this is one that we had lots of arguments about uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, the Thunder get a top twenty protected pick from the Golden State Warriors. If it doesn't convey, uh, the, they get the twenty twenty one Minnesota second round pick and a twenty twenty one Denver second round pick uh, in exchange for Kelly Oubre Jr. Yeah, so this is one. Maybe at the time, I would I might have said a wild and crazy kids, you know. But I you emphatically would have. I, yeah, maybe I even would have said uh, figure it out would have had our first figure it out but i i've changed my tune and there are two different things that have made me change my tune first one of the reasons i didn't like it was because i was thinking there's no way we're getting that pick from golden state and that still may be Mm -hmm. true golden state is kind of a mess their starting lineup which has all their good players in it has not been good at all and I continue to wonder what the idea was with the James Wiseman pick because they were making the argument that it was both a long-term and a, sh- and a short-term move because he was technically a better short-term fit than the other guys they could have taken, except he has not been a better short-term fit than like, w- like would LaMelo coming off the bench as another ball handler, which they desperately needed. Would that have been a bad idea? Anyways, I still don't know if we're going to... It would have been great for them. How much fun would that be? Yeah. If you had Steph and LaMelo on the court together. It would have been great. And guess what? He may not be... like One of the reasons people didn't want to take him, probably the reason why Minnesota didn't want to take him, is like, can we really have this defensive backcourt with D'Lo and LaMelo Ball? But LaMelo Ball seems to be a much better defender defender, defender than we than we originally a thought. Defender. So, so yeah. anyways, we still might not get that pick. But what has happened in the interim is that Minnesota is one of the worst teams in the league. So all of a sudden, mm-hmm. even if we don't get that pick, we will get this 2021 Minnesota second, which legitimately could be one of the first three picks in the second round, kind of where we got Teo. Yeah. So all of a sudden, that's looking like a guaranteed asset regardless. Whether it ends up being the first from Golden State or that second from Minnesota, I don't really care about the Denver second because that's going to be super late. And then the other thing, of course, is that Kelly Oubre has just not been very good. He's been, he's been very Kelly Oubre. Very, very Kelly Oubre. No, he has not been very Kelly Oubre. He had a wonderful season last year. He broke out yeah. of his shell. He's back in the shell now. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad, man. It is really bad. He, he, he was in... I can't... I, I don't remember if... It, oh, yeah. Sham Sharania put it in his piece yesterday on The Athletic, uh, which you can go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get The Athletic for three ninety nine dollars a month. So cheap, you should do it. If you haven't signed up, you got to do it. So you can go read this piece. But he talked about how Kelly Oubre has already been in trade talks. Good luck. And let's see what they get back for him. Yeah. So, I mean, that. I don't know if they would... I don't know what asset they could attach, but maybe they would end up trading him for Lonzo. Yeah, and, and Lonzo on Golden State does make sense because I do think Ubre and Lonzo are like these diametrically opposed players where Lonzo's going to look better on a good team where Kelly Ubre is going to look better on a bad team. And so mm-hmm. I think that would be a good move for them if they could do it. I just feel like New Orleans is going to want something back and I don't know what that asset would be. I don't either. It's kind of a mess for them. It is. Where he's 
he was one of the the big picks or one of the big assets you get back in the AD trade, and you're already wanting to jump ship, or you didn't want to pay him. I'm I'm curious, like what what was the contract? Yeah, that he wanted. Well, it's interesting. So uh, there's this guy on YouTube, and he also has an app called Sports Card Investor. You know, he's he's this okay. guy. He's during during the day. I'm a VC, and I'm buying all these top tech companies. And at night, yeah. I play with my cards. And uh, <laughs> before the season, he gave his like top five players to invest in now. And his number one was Lonzo Ball. And weird. This is what like drives me insane. As as I'm starting to get into card collecting, is there are times when I see stuff like that, and I'm like. You, you must not watch a lot of basketball. Like, even if you think Lonzo Ball is going to be this great player, he is. We can, I can already tell he's not going to be the type of player that's going to get, like, people fired up in the way, like, LaMelo fires people up. Yeah. Like, even the best-case yeah, scenario of Lonzo isn't – I mean, he can still – he obviously throws good passes too, but he's not as electric as his brother. Like, he's not that type of player who inspires, like, excitement in people and want to buy up his cards. So I thought that was weird before the season, but then he comes out and he's like shooting terribly. Like he's under 30% from three. And now it's looking like a really bad idea if you've like heavily invested in Lonzo Ball. But he's still someone that I have hope for if he lands in a situation like Golden State. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah, I I would like that. I give this a double dare now. Kelly Oubre trade, double dare. Wow. Yeah. That is a that's a huge heel turn, Al. Um, Double dare. It's a reverse heel turn. You know, I'm coming back around to the to the good side, and I'm yeah. eating some crow. There's a dead crow in my backyard. I could go eat it right now. <laughs> it's got its eye plucked out. It's been sitting there for two weeks. I don't know what I'm waiting for. I'm just hoping somebody else takes care of it. <laughs> oh, over to the stream. We got Maple Perez joining for his first live show. Thanks for joining. We've got uh, Hoopstock69 telling us to never trust a player from Kansas, which I tend to agree with. Uh, we've got Fiddy Troisvis uh, from uh, Bend, Oregon. A beautiful, must be a, just a beautiful place to Always live. Always out there well, in the high of- desert. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Uh, we have Sean Spring joining live from Orange County, California. Wow, wow, wow. Wow. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining. We have Fluky from Germany. We've got Hoops Talk <laughs> saying what's up to Uruguay. Here's Matthias, who's actually from Uruguay. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining. We've got Robert from the Philippines. We've got a first live show from No Limit from Virginia. Thanks so much for joining. You guys wow. are the best. Uh, on to the next trade. The Thunder receive Alexei Pokushevsky, mm. James Johnson, and a Minnesota 2024 second round pick. Just squeeze it out just a little bit more and getting that second round pick. I mean, that's that's kind of something. That's To get a Minnesota second rounder, that could be something. Uh, and then they trade Ricky Rubio, the pick that became Jaden McDaniels, um, and the 20, wait a minute. Yeah, 2020, 20, the 25th pick in the draft as well. So two first-round picks to trade up to get Pokushevsky and the Minnesota second. How do you feel about this today? Yeah, and so that 25th pick that we traded away, that became Emmanuel quickly, and that was traded to the Knicks. Traded. Um 
So I th- oh yeah, and, Bo- and then Bomaro was traded back to Minnesota. Yes. So I th- okay. I think you could be down on this trade if there is someone that you really like from like pick twenty five to pick thirty or beyond. Like if yeah. you look through that list and you really find someone that you like, which I'll tell you who it is: Emmanuel Quickly, Peyton Pritchard, Yudoka Azubuki, Jaden McDaniel's, Malachi Flynn, Desmond Bain. Those are the type of names you're looking at. Yeah. No one there like screams at this point like, oh, the Thunder really missed out. They really should have just stayed where they were, picked up two of these guys. So I'm okay with taking that home run swing. Now, if it's something where they were trading picks that were like in the 18-19 range and now you're looking at, you know, Sadiq Bey, Precious Achua, Tyrese Maxey, maybe I would be more open to being down on this trade. Um, Because it's like, oh, the Thunder could have taken two of those guys, but they couldn't have. You know, the two first they they traded were the 25th and what ended up being the 28th pick. So Mm -hmm. I like this trade, and I gave it a double dare, even though we have no idea what to think about Pokushevsky at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's still a mystery. He was pretty good in Portland, but again, against like very, very bad defenders. Um, Yeah, if you could redraft today... Would you have the Thunder pick like Precious or Tyrese Maxey? Hmm. I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I, I really don't know because I still like. I just like the idea of Pokushevsky, and I, I just yeah. want to be on that train, whether it goes off the rails or not. I just want to be on it and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Um, I have, I have no qualms about Tyrese Maxey and Precious Achua. They have definitely been better this season. Even Sadiq yeah. Bay has been better. Um, but I don't really yeah. think that was the goal of Oklahoma City when they went into that draft. So I don't feel sure. strongly enough about any of those players where I'm saying, oh, we definitely should have grabbed them. The thing I yeah. do like about this trade, and I hope it's something that we see going forward, is consolidating your picks to move up. Even if even yeah. if in this case it's you know moving up seven spots or whatever it was. That's mm-hmm. what I'm hoping the Thunder will do going forward. Those are the types of trades that can sometimes be hard to complete. We saw, we've seen it with Boston again and again. And the return won't always be, you know, you're not going to be able to trade the 25th and 28th to move up to a lottery pick. But getting up to the 17th pick is worth it. And so if they identified Pokushevsky or if they identify someone in this upcoming draft who's around like that 15 range, they want to use some of those late first. I love those type of trades. So that that's yeah. a double dare for me. <clears throat> yeah, I today I probably give it a Legends of the Hidden Temple. I think it's okay. I think it's fine. I think it's a fine deal. But what if uh, I told you? What if I told you? Because honestly, if they didn't trade Rubio to Minnesota, we would have Ricky Rubio right now. He has not been good this season. So yeah. they traded two firsts uh-huh. for Poku a Minnesota second, and then James mm-hmm. Johnson, which turned into two seconds. So they got three seconds and a first for two firsts. And one of those seconds might be choice because it's Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's fine. I, I, I need to see more. I need to see more from Pokushevsky. You need to see more from Pokushevsky? I do. I've seen yeah. enough. <laughs> I've seen enough. I like him a lot. I think he's got... 
a ton of potential. I just I just would like to see it before I'm like, oh, what a one! It's a great trade. Like it's honestly when he. It's so funny that his threes are either wildly off or they are so perfect and they yeah. go in the net so fast and so smoothly even though it's a line drive they're always like all net and when he hits yeah. those threes it's like ooh if he did that four times a game that'd be crazy <laughs> i know you can see it like you see flashes of it definitely and again like it's going to take time i mean the reason why in, in my opinion the reason why he's wildly off is just because he just is does not have the strength to be a consistent shooter yet um from nba3 range so um you know is legends of the hidden temple this is maybe pre-vomit for me legends of the hidden temple oh, wow. where i'm still enjoying them doing the steps of knowledge and going through the moat so uh, hey, we did, it's it's good. It's good. We didn't talk about it because we can only include five. But where would you have ranked Nick Arcade? Nick Arcade. I don't remember Nick Arcade enough to rank. That him. was the one where you were in the video game. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I have a feeling huh. in the moment because, like, from a viewer's perspective, it looked amazing because you were literally in the video game. But I'm yeah. sure from the contestant perspective, you're just like in some soundstage. And you're, right. you're not actually in the video game. Yeah. To me, Nick Arcade was an idea that sounded better than, mm, than the, the actual show was. Mm, interesting. Yeah. I was like, oh, you could be in a video game? Let me watch that. And then you watch it, you're like, okay. They were ahead of their time. That's pretty cool. They predated way, virtual reality. Way ahead of their time, as always, with, with Nickelodeon game shows. Uh, okay, next trade. <laughs> it's unbelievable that all these trades happen within just a tiny time frame. I mean, I remember, I mean, we were doing an outrageous amount of podcasts at the time. Uh, this was one of the first ones, and it was Dennis Schroeder. This was the first one, right? This happened before the Chris Paul yeah, trade. Yeah, that's probably yes? true. Blame basketball reference. I just went by their list. Yeah, well, I think it was because they weren't executed. Oh, that's true. Until later. Yeah, maybe. Which it was report like that's all just so messed up. Anyways, so the really let's well let's go to the Chris Paul trade and then we'll go to Schroeder. Um, so Chris Paul and uh, Abdul Nader traded to Phoenix in return. They got Ty Jerome, Jalen Lequeux, Kelly Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, a twenty twenty two top 12 protected first round pick from the Suns uh, and then a 2023 top 10 or then if it doesn't convey then it will turn into a 2023 top 10 then 2024 top 8 and then completely unprotected in 25 so it's a good pick because it will definitely be a first round pick I'd be surprised if it doesn't convey in the 2022 draft and I think it's a great pick because the Suns will likely just be like a middle-of-the-road um, Western Conference team, so this could be like the 15th or 16th pick in the draft, uh, which is an, a nice spot to be, um, just to have an extra pick in that spot. So, And then they've traded everybody but Ty Jerome, and I'm, a lot of people in the uh, OKC community aren't convinced that Ty Jerome is even a real person. So, uh, Thoughts? I give I give this a guts, and the reason is because yeah. we've already seen what this trade 
has led to, like the the fruits yeah. of this trade. Because yes, you get that pick, which twenty twenty two top twelve. Chris Paul is going to be thirty six next year. Who knows? What if they end up having a down year? They're in that top twelve. Now Chris Paul is done with his contract. Maybe he goes somewhere else. He can go play wherever he wants at this point as a thirty seven year old. And now you're back to this Suns team with Booker and Ayton. Where is that team in a year? I don't know. But then you, then it's only top 10 protected, top 8 protected, and unprotected. So I still think there's upside for that pick. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Then you mm-hmm. got the Kelly Oubre. You got a first and a second or two seconds out of him. You got a second out yep. of Jalen LeCue. And you used yep. Ricky Rubio to get the to do the Poku trade. That That brought you back another three seconds and a first. So this type of trade where you get all of these assets that at the time we really didn't know what we were going to do with them. We, I mean, honestly, we kind of thought that Rubio and Rubio and or Ubre would probably be sticking around and to yeah. already have moved off of those and gotten assets in return. Just really incredible for Chris Paul, a guy who, you know, a year before could not be traded. <laughs> you could not trade it. Right. Took took legitimate assets that we will talk about here in a minute to trade. Him. So that's a guts. Uh, Do you have it? Guts. Yeah, I agree. Is a great. It's a great deal. And yeah, you look at all they got, and who knows? I mean, one of these could be like the Serge Ibaka of like the next Thunder team. You know that you draft when Ty Jerome is our superstar. We'll, we'll look back <laughs> yeah, on this trade. <laughs> Yeah, when Ty Jerome turns into Steph Curry, everything is going to just come. When he together. plays his first no, game I, in three years, yeah, I I don't know, I don't know what to think about Jerome at this point. He just we just got to see him play. Hopefully, he gets on the court soon. I feel bad that he uh, hasn't gotten there, but yeah, this is guts. This is a total slam dunk. Trade. This is guts. This is total guts. Uh, okay, and then the first trade to kind of start the actual rebuild was Dennis Schroeder to the Lakers for Danny Green and a 2020 Lakers first-round pick, which ended up being Jaden McDaniels, which ended up being traded in order to get Alexi Pokashevsky. On its own, I think it's a fine trade. You know, I there's still a part of me watching Dennis this year thinking – He's worth more than the 28th pick in a whatever draft. Yeah. They should have been able to yeah. get, you know, some pick in like the 20s or the late teens for him. But then you mm-hmm. factor in that they did get Danny Green and they eventually did flip him as part of a larger deal to get more picks. I don't think it was their best deal. And I could see giving this like a Legends of the Hidden Temple. Mm-hmm. But I, the thing that comes up again and again in all of these trades is that they got back flippable assets, whether it was Kelly mm-hmm. Oubre Jr., Ricky Rubio, Danny Green, even James Johnson. Like, they were able to flip all of these players. They have yet to yep. acquire – I guess – well, I guess Al Horford would be the type of long-term deal that maybe you can't flip immediately. But the rest yeah. of these were instantly flippable. And so for that reason, I bumped it up from a Legends to a Double Dare. Yeah, I tend to agree because – if they don't get that pick, they don't have the chance to get Alexei Pokashevsky. You know, they don't have the assets to move up. Right. And so that's what they wanted to do. It allowed them to do that. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's double there. I think it's... it's, And, I mean, honestly, too, you look back at the value that Schroeder had in the beginning, where it was, yeah, you're, you're, 
like, get a first-round pick for Dennis Schroeder in a trade? Like, yeah, right. Dream on. I mean, it was – they had to – his value had to be kind of recouped a little bit. They had to build up his value over the course of a couple of years, and they did that. Uh, and to trade an expiring for a first-round pick is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. Man, no figure it out. No figure it out. Hmm. I mean – to be a figure it out, like you have to give up like real assets and get back something that's not very good, right? Yeah. I mean, like a figure it out trade it would be like Minnesota when they traded Wiggins and all their assets in the world to get D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, that's wow, yeah. bad. Well, actually, this this like, next trade from the other team's perspective, definite figure it out. Okay, so let's do that. Is are any of the trades from the other team's perspective a figure it out? Um, like I don't really get trading for Jalen Lequeux, <laughs> like trading an asset for Jalen. Yeah, but like, what are you? That's doing? not a figure it out though. That's like a that is a wild and crazy kids. Come on, it's a wild and crazy kid. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah. Um, I guess the only one that sticks well, I mean the Stephen Adams one from New Orleans perspective. It's at least a wild and crazy in kids. Now, if they had just traded for him and, yeah. hey, let's see how it works next to Zion, and then we'll decide what to do going forward, maybe that makes more sense. Because is Steven Adams getting that same deal, two years, $35 million, next summer? Maybe. There's going to be a lot of teams with space, but is someone really Alex. spending that? I don't think so. Alex. No. No. No, no, no. So that's what made that trade. The extension is what made that trade a potential figure it out. Because what are they having to do now, Andrew? Figure it out. They got to figure it out. Um, (laughs) What about the Ubre deal? Yeah, the the Ubre is at least a wild and crazy kids from Golden State. Because of the the amount that it's costing them. Oh, yeah. I didn't even factor that. Like literally how much money it is costing them to have Kelly Ubre on their team. And and then have to watch him every night. (laughs) Emotional cost. And give up. I mean, that 2021 Minnesota pick, the second rounder, that's likely a valuable pick. You had to give that up. And that could have been like a real asset at the trade deadline to get something. And they know that because that's around the range that um, Draymond Green was drafted. Yeah, that's true. And they, they also have the Minnesota first. So it's like... They know internally. They know how they feel about the Minnesota first, so they should yeah. feel similarly about the second in terms of where it's going to end up. Yeah, yeah. That and you do it for one year of Kelly Oubre, costing upwards of eighty million dollars. Yeah, and now for one for one year. And like the best case scenario is that he gets you to that like top ten position, maybe, and then you have to give up your first. Like that's the best case scenario, and then you have to pay him, I guess. <sighs> <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's a little bit figure. It's it's figure it out. It's it's bordering on figure it but out. But there's some good ones too, like Phoenix getting Chris Paul. I like that for them. I don't think they gave up anything too crazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. LA getting yeah. Dennis Schroeder. That's good. Great for them. Great. Loved it. Great. That's guts. That's total guts for them. Atlanta paying so Gallinari they- a ton of money. That's wild and crazy kids for them. That's wild. That's wild and crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely wild and crazy. Uh, Okay, something else that could be wild and crazy, or perhaps figure it out. It's just definitely figure it out. 
uh, at the time, a, a lot of, and the thing with a lot of these, as like a viewer of the Thunder for so many years, like the Steven Adams trade, like that one, like that cut deep, man. This is another one that cut deep, and I just couldn't believe it. I remember looking at the trade and be like, what? What, did the, what is Sam doing? Why did he do this to us? And it was Russell Westbrook to the Houston Rockets, and the Thunder get Chris Paul, a 2021 first-round pick swap, a conditional 2024 first-round pick from Houston, which I believe is top four protected. Um, they get a pick swap in 25 that's also protected. Do you have the protections on these? Uh, I think everything's Listen. top four except one of the first-rounders is top 10. Yeah, I, yeah, I think maybe 2026 is top yeah. 10. Um, conditional first-round pick. And cash. In cash. Guts. They got cash. <laughs> Guts. That, you look back at it now, and it feels insane. And it, I feel bad for Russell. I feel bad that he has already been moved on from the Rockets so quickly. And then he's playing for, I mean... I don't know if you caught any of the game yesterday against the the Rockets and, and Wizards, but it was one of the saddest professional basketball games I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it was just a miserable game to watch. And honestly, in retrospect, and, it might have made more sense for Russ not to demand a trade because Russ on this current Houston Rockets team would have been significantly better than this current Wizards team. Yeah, it's... I don't know, man. I, I feel like Russ is not playing well at all. Um, I talk to Fred all the time, and he's watched every minute of Russ this season, and he's he's dunked one time the whole season. He hadn't played a whole lot, but he's only dunked once, and it was in transition. And he's not finishing at the rim as well. I mean, there's just there's a lot of signs, and hopefully he just needs to get into game shape. Scott Brooks has said he just needs to get into game shape, that he's healthy, but he needs to get into basketball shape. Um you know, I only wish the best for us, but it you just kind of feel like this is heading down like a very Iverson-like path. And not just for him, because he's in this situation now where, like, Washington may start considering Bradley Beal trades. And if they make a Bradley Beal trade, yeah. they're going to be making it with an eye toward the future. And it's also entirely possible that they fire Scott Brooks. I mean, they might have fired him this morning. <laughs> I haven't checked. Yeah. And so then yeah, that... Russ is stuck on this Wizards team that is purposely trying to tank and is just going to have a ton of young players. Like, clearly not what he was interested in when he asked out of Houston. Yeah. The thing about the Wizards, though, is that their owner, Ted Leonsis, um, has said that he will never tank. Oh, a never tanker. Yeah. So, and he's not, unless Beal demands it, they won't trade Bradley. I bet Beal demands it. He should. He frank, Frankly, he should. And I think if, if Ted will back off of that stance some, it's, you could get a lot for Bradley Beal at this point because he's, I mean, you look at what, um, the Pelicans got in exchange for Drew Holiday. Like you should get more than oh, that. If I could get for for Bradley, if Beal. I could get Lonzo and like four of their first rounders, yeah, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. I think that you could get a really nice deal for Beal, and then you've got some. There's some like Rui's a, a decent player. You've got Denny Avdia, who's a nice young player, and you just rebuild. 
Like you just you do it right, and but the problem is that they just haven't been a team to do it right um, in the past, and they've been hurt by injuries. I mean, John Wall getting hurt like he did for so many years was very um, was very hurtful to the plans that they had. So I don't know, man. It's a it's a rough situation overall for Russell to be in, certainly. And you could you could argue that both teams would be in a better spot had they not made the deal um, for the the wall and Westbrook. Team. Yeah, for sure. Um, actually, maybe your argument is that it's just bad for Washington at this point because they had to give up a pick. Yeah, I mean, and they were smart with that pick. That pick is not going to likely be a good pick. Yeah, um, yeah but yeah. it is still a pick. So yeah, that was a guts for the Thunder. Total guts for Big the Thunder. Big time guts. The, this 2021 swap which at the time you're like okay cool they're gonna swap whatever you know miami and um houston they'll get the get the better of those picks cool you get like the 20 23rd pick in the draft probably you know uh no (laughs) this is likely a lottery pick this houston team is not good um they did win last night, but they beat a really bad Washington team. I think that this is likely going to lead to the Thunder getting two lottery picks in what is a very stacked draft, which at the, I mean, it's, it's worked out better than probably even Sam thought it could have. At this oh point. yeah. And, and to full disclosure, you know, I've talked about this before. I was not a fan of this trade. In fact, uh, I d- deleted now because I delete all my tweets every couple of months. And I encourage you to do the same because no tweet is worth it. No tweet. <laughs> There's no benefit to have your old tweets on Twitter. It's only downside. <laughs> but I, I remember tweeting out that if Westbrook won a championship with Harden in Houston, uh-huh. they should just close the state, just shut down Oklahoma, just go home, give away our team. It's not going to be where I was so down on it because I, I legitimately thought that that pushed them up into con- further contention. It increased their ceiling. Yeah. And that the downside of Russ and Harden winning a championship somewhere else was so great that we shouldn't have done it. Dumb take. Real dumb take. And that's why you delete your tweets. Dumb take. Delete them. <laughs> this is why you get rid of your thoughts. Yeah. They're dumb. Don't They're dumb when you made them. Down. They're dumb three months from now. This is very true. Even two weeks ago, maybe kind of dumb. It's insane the amount of value they're able to extract out of Russ in hindsight. When you consider the Chris Paul trade as a part of all of that, and what they got for Chris Paul and then what they ended up getting for Kelly Oubre and Ricky Rubio and even Jalen LeCue getting a pick out of Jalen LeCue. The amount of draft capital they were able to extract out of just trading Russ is crazy when a year later, the only thing that the Houston Rockets were able to get was a conditional first-round pick. I mean, it's, it is wild to look at the difference between the two. Um, it's it's an insane job. It's it's guts all the way. You get a piece of the awesome rock in your house, maybe even multiple pieces of the awesome rock to display in your house. Yeah, I mean, the only thing more gutsier was the Paul George trade. The biggest guts of them all. This is the guts, man. This is this is this is big time guts. You get Paul George going to the Los Angeles Clippers in exchange for, and that's it. This is that's all they got was playoff P. Way off P. 
Danilo Gallinari, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, a 2021 first-round pick from Miami, a 2022 first-round pick from the Clippers, a 2023 pick swap, a 2023 um, conditional first-round pick from Miami. I believe that's the only one that's protected in the trade. A uh, 2024 first-round pick, a 2025 pick swap, and a 2026 first-round pick and a trade exception. This was the mother load because you get Shea Gildas-Alexander in this trade. You get a blue-chip young guy who at the time was just, I mean, NBA smart guys were all over it. They loved him. They thought he was a really nice piece. I don't think anybody thought that today he would be doing what he's doing in Oklahoma City. I mean, it's it's an outrageous trade. It would have probably been an outrageous trade if you just got Shea and a 2026 unprotected pick. Like, you'd be like, oh, wow. Still a great, that's a great trade. Then you include everything else. And the way that Sam included the pick swap in the Houston trade to include the Miami pick. I mean, it's just, it's just all just like perfectly orchestrated to help this team rebuild. It was amazing, yeah. Guts, do you have it? Total, total guts. This is outrageous. Uh, I just thought it would be good to just look back at like how the Thunder got to where they are with regards to like the rebuild and all these picks and everything, um, and just say that like the Thunder front office has just killed it <laughs> since the night that Paul George was traded. They have just like systematically just made so many great trades. It's one, two, uh, it's 11 trades that they've made, which is crazy. Like that's a crazy amount of trades to make in that time frame. And for most of them to be considered to be really good trades is pretty nuts. Like that's, it's crazy what they've been able to do. And then like you even look back and like this is, this is how, I mean, this is how you may be looking at some of these trades way down the line is that um, somebody in the chat pointed this out that like the Thunder or the, the Sonics traded Rashard Lewis and ended up getting Kurt Thomas and picks back, two picks. Um, and then they that turned into Serge Ibaka. And then we all know like Serge Ibaka was traded for Victor Oladipo and Tabana Sabonis. Sabonis and Vic traded for Paul George. And then Paul George traded for Shea and the future of the Thunder. I mean, you just never know that at the time, even trading Rashard Lewis, it didn't feel like a great deal. Like it felt like, why, why are they even doing this? He ended up just kind of similar to the, like the Gallinari trade in some ways is like he was just going to go play in Orlando. Like that was what was going to happen. And you just try to extract as much value as you can back in every single trade. You just don't know what it will lead to. You just have no idea. I mean, one of these second-round picks could lead to the Thunder getting a, a really nice player in building block. I mean, like you mentioned Draymond Green earlier. The Warriors would have never thought that that pick to get Draymond Green would have led to multiple, you know, help, them, help lead them to multiple titles. Uh, you would have just have never thought that. And you just you never know with any of these picks what it could be. And the Thunder have extracted a crazy amount of value 18 first round picks. Um, I need to look back. I have I have the list somewhere of how many seconds it is. But it's the the future is bright for the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
there are there's going to be rough times ahead for this team this season. There's no doubt about that. Like that, it is inevitably going to be a very rough season going forward. Um, but if you can keep your eyes to the future on what this team could be because of all the value that they've extracted, um, it's outrageous. Now, Andrew, are you ready to, to move on to what people uh, really want to talk about? This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about Top Shot. Top Shot, NBA Top Shot. First of all, this is not investment advice. This is not financial advice. Never make, never spend your money based on what some guy named Al Baby Cakes is saying. Uh, I just think this stuff is really fun to talk about. Now, uh, first, an update for me. I've been trying to get a pack to tell you guys my experience for a week now. I've missed out four different times. Um, but they finally gave they gave some pity on me, they, and yeah. they sent me an email. It's like, here, you can have a pack. You still have to pay for it, but here. And so I had to wait just to be able to reserve it. It has been reserved, but it has not been delivered, even though it's digital. It is going to be delivered yeah. to me someday, sometime between 3 and 8 p.m. Pacific time today. A Cool Cats pack. Okay. I will be getting one Cool Cat and three common moments. And I will let you know on Twitter what I get. So that's an update there. Now, Andrew, what is your Ooh, what is I can't your update? Wait to find out. So my friend uh, Jeremy and I have gone in on some thunder, um, particular thunder guys here. So we've got a Shea handles top mm. shot. We've got a Shea layup mm. one. We've got a Baisley dunk, and we've got a Dort dunk. Is that the, is the Bays dunk yeah. the uh, the the one against Miami? I believe it is. Yes. And so the, so the Dort dunk that we went on started at $90. It's already up to $165. That, that was the one I alerted people on that I didn't buy myself. It's, it's, it is crazy. And the thing is about Top Shot, and again, not investment advice, not that many people know about it yet, I feel like. Yeah. So do you know what you own, Andrew? Because I've done a lot of research on this. I mean, kind of. It's all very weird so, to me. Just a quick explainer. What Top Shot is, is they are selling NBA licensed highlights, so five to ten second highlights, in the form of a non-fungible token, also known as an NFT. Yeah. The word fungible means that a good or commodity whose individual units are essentially interchangeable. So like, if you went to buy a one pound gold bar, it doesn't really matter what gold bar you get. As long as it weighs a pound, it's gonna be worth the same amount. Same thing with like Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Every Bitcoin is worth the same amount. These are non-fungible, which means that the individual units are not exchangeable. An example would be like a painting. There's plenty of paintings in the world, but just because you own one painting doesn't mean you can exchange it for another painting. 
These are right. unique digital assets because they exist on the blockchain and they are not reproducible. And this is what some of the arguments in favor of it, in, like in comparison to trading cards, like you're not going to have frauds on the NBA Top Shot where you can have frauds like if you're buying a card on eBay. Yeah. And I still don't know how I feel about it because... On the one hand, this is just a continuation of what people have been doing for years. Like for anyone who thinks that, oh, this is so weird, this is so new, like NBA 2K packs is the same thing. It, it just makes mm -hmm. even less sense because once the new game comes out, whatever you open in those packs isn't like transferring over. Or like our man, yeah. uh, uh, the, the L-Man buying cosmetic skins in Fortnite. Like he is buying a digital asset that he has put a value on. They and they sell digital art too, like their rights to digital yes, art. Yes, they do. In similar ways to this, where it's not, you can't reproduce it, and it's yeah, it's they they sell this like this. It's a thing, and there are ways to display these. I I, I don't know how NBA Top Shot will, what options they'll give you to possibly display these in your home, but I believe that that is on the way as well. I've been talking to my friend Jeremy about it and he sent me some links to stuff and it's like, oh, it's very, it's very, it's just feels, it feels strange, but the truth is like this, the value of these like continues to go up and it's now, very crazy. What is the downside? Downside in my mind, two things, one specific to top shots and one not specific. The one that's specific is that anyone who's been involved in sports cards going back to like when you were little, there, there have been peaks yeah. and valleys in the sports card market. There have been times when sure. it has cratered, like back in the junk wax era in the early 90s. And the thing that has kept it going throughout that time is that there are people who just enjoy collecting physical trading cards. And so I do yeah. wonder if there is still gonna be that collector class for digital assets where they're not necessarily in it for the money. Because right now it feels like the majority of people buying Top Shot are mainly doing it to try to flip cards and make more money. And eventually, if that's if that's all yeah. it is, it's going to run out because that's essentially like a pyramid yeah. scheme where it's just going to keep flipping and whoever ends up with this card at the end that no one wants to spend $500,000 on, <laughs> like they're just screwed. Right. They now have a worthless asset. That's one <laughs> downside. Right. The other downside I see is going back to like last March, it's now been a full year of us not being able to spend money on happy hour, not being able to go on vacations, not being able to mm -hmm. spend money on concerts. So we've had all of this extra money in addition to the government sending us money. Now, this has obviously not mm -hmm. been the case for everyone. Uh, there's a lot of people struggling right. right now, but there's a lot of people who have yeah. extra money around just because they aren't doing the things that they would normally do. And we've mm -hmm. seen multiple hobbies explode in the last year. I mean, even something like bread making mm -hmm like bread making became a huge thing for like a month. Like I'm sure the people who made <laughs> bread making supplies are like, what is going on? This is amazing. This is gonna last forever. And then it turned out to be a bubble. I, sh I searched on Google search trends and it's like there's this uh -huh. huge spike and then it just like went back down to normal when people got over That's bread making. Hilarious. So I do wonder yeah. like, and this is true for physical sports cards as well, or even the stock yeah. market. Like within the next year, yeah. as things get back to normal and there's more fun things to spend your money on, is money going to leave these hobbies? And then what's going to happen as a result? Because I do think like just from basketball mm -hmm. cards right now, they are so insanely priced when you look at what people are paying for certain rookies. Um, like yeah. rookies like a Keldon Johnson or a Darius Baisley, like guys who like, Johnson. like maybe something <laughs> cool happens, but like that's a lot of money to spend up front on those type of guys. 
and yeah, Zion and Jaw being like the face of the sports card movement right now, where like their cards are uh-huh. worth so much money. I do wonder both for what's happened in the last year and what's coming up, but then also a weak draft mm-hmm. class where it's really just like LaMelo Ball would be the one I would be excited about. Maybe Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen. So I do think there's going to be a correction at some point. It can't just go yeah. up forever. But in the meet, I don't know. You got a really good rookie class coming up, Alex. So that's the thing. You like really- 2021 draft, th- that could completely reverse everything again because I think there are going to be multiple guys that people will be excited about. How much do you want you to get your hands on an Evan Mobley rookie card, Alex? Oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) No, and and I, like, I went into the card thing thinking, oh, maybe I'll, like, invest or whatever. But I've now come to the conclusion, like, I just need to collect Thunder players, Thunder rookies, because it it makes me happy. I was trying, I was looking at, like, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown rookie cards, because those are guys that I'm, like, really high on. But it's Uh like, do I, do I really care? Like it, it, I do really want that. Like, do you want? Like, do it? I want I it? Whereas, like Shay, I think it's so much fun to like watch Shay play a good game and then feel like I'm investing yeah. in his future by buying a card. I think that's it's just very fun to me. It's a fun way to collect because I'm like rooting yeah. for my guy, and it's been a great way to enjoy this season. Yeah. Oh, I got to show you something. One of my, uh, I got a, I got a NBA card in the mail from one of my oh. father-in-law's friends. Hold on, I'll be right back. All right, we're back. It is a Scott Brooks. Is that a rookie card? <laughs> <laughs> it, no, it's not a rookie. It's from his second year. But wow. it's <laughs> thought. It was the thought that counts with this. It was put in the mail, sent to me. That's so nice. Opened it up. Got a Scott Brooks mint condition card right wow. here. You know, I almost bought you something because I've been going to this. There's a really nice card shop uh, up in Washington. And I've been searching mm-hmm. through just their bins where they just keep like cheap cards. And I found yeah. a Dion Waiters patch auto for like five bucks. Wow. <laughs> so it has a patch. And I don't rem- <laughs> I think it was the Thunder patch and, and an autograph. And five bucks a little too rich for me to, for, for a joke, apparently. <laughs> but maybe I'll get it next time. <laughs> oh, that's now, awesome. Now, Andrew, Top Shot is what's hot right now. But let me yeah. tell you about the thing that's going to be hot next. There's oh, no. a thing called, as I was trying to do research on NBA Top Shot, I found out about something called Dibs, D-I-B-B-S. Uh-huh. And they are actually doing what I've wanted for a long time because I think we're all attracted to the uh, stock market in some way because it's like, wow, mm-hmm. people are making uh, billions of dollars off of GameStop right now. This seems like something I should get into. <laughs> And with things like Robinhood and Weeble and everything, it's become much more accessible for people. But at the same time, like yeah. I don't know anything about about how to uh, look at a business financials, you know. And I've always wanted. Right. What if there was a stock market based on NBA players' values? I would feel much more. That would be much more fun to me. I could use the knowledge that I have. So what? That's what I mean. That's what Top Shot is, right? Though? Sort of. It yes, but. I think that Dibs might end up doing a better job than that. What they are doing is they are selling fractional shares of real physical cards. So like a $9,000 Luca or whatever, you can buy a piece of that card. And again, it's a digital asset, kind of. But the idea is that it's going to be like a 24-7 stock market 
for NBA players' cards, and they're going to adjust the values based on how they're doing. I don't know. I am wow. currently on the waiting list. I'm person number 4,000 because you can't <laughs> enter for whatever reason. What would you buy if you had a chance to buy shares of, of a particular I mean, if honestly, player. if I had like a lot of money and could just like buy whatever yeah. I wanted, I would be buying like the classics. I would be spending all my money on like LeBron's, honestly. Yeah. LeBron's, yeah, Luca's, yeah. like the guys that I am super confident that 20 years from now, people will still care about them. Because yes. um, yeah. even when I'm buying like a Shea card, I'm like in the back of my head thinking like, how good would Shea actually have to be for this card to matter in 20 years? Yeah, because like you look at like Michael Jordan cards, like Shaq cards, or like even like Kobe cards for a host of reasons. The Kobe cards are worth a ton, now, right? I'm sure. Yeah, and a lot of people are t- saying that they think Shaq's going to be the next Spike. Although, who knows? He got so much backlash for that Donovan Mitchell. I got to show you something else. Oh, oh something he's else. bringing more cards. I got three Shaq rookies, mint condition. Mint con- dude, you got to send those off. Get those graded. Get those graded. If, Look if at you those. got those graded. Uh-huh. significantly potentially increases the value you should look at them first though if there's any bent corners look check the centering look at the surface there's no bent. check the there's, surfaces there's not a bent corner on any of these you might got some i don't think these have been taken out of these deals since early really? 90s yeah could be your uh, kids future uh, college savings or more top shots this is this is how I get more top shots. Wow. Okay, we have to end this podcast before we go to an hour and a half. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, appreciate everybody joining in on the stream. We have Zach from Easter Island. Holy moly. Thank you for joining. Dylan from Singapore. So great to have you guys joining in on the stream. If you are just listening to the podcast, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search down to dunk, hit subscribe. And you can even send uh, yourself an alert for whenever we go live and you can join us as well. So we see your comments. We appreciate it. We appreciate all you guys for joining us. Make sure you go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk to get the athletic for $3.99 a month. Crazy cheap. Hope you guys have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday.